This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. So just to kind of finish up the, um, the Pac-12 discussion and kind of what, what went south, one of the other, the big thing too was, you know, when, when, um, when things were really in trouble and, um, you know, as far as the Big 12, and they, they discussed uh, potentially uh, going to uh, the Big 12 and, and Bob Bowlesby, you know, going to uh, the Pac-12 and, and talking to them about expanding. And they basically said, uh, no, we're good. Uh, and, um, you know, one of the things that they were going to, that they were talked about, they had presented this 12 slide presentation and the, um, the president of USC, she basically shut it down three slides in and said, why, why are we even talking about this? <laughs> so, so, and apparently like the culture of the PAC 12 presidents is if one of them has a really strong voice, then the others just kind of cater to that person or defer to that person and just, sure. just shut it down. So, mm-hmm. uh, apparently was open to adding, uh, all eight of the big 12 schools. Um, the league was probably going to be a little more selective and look at a few schools in strategic markets. It did not say which one. Uh, they formed a membership subcommittee of six officials, three presidents, and three athletic directors, each one of the league's six travel pairings, representing each one of the league's six travel pairings, like Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, blah, 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 UCLA, USC. And uh, three slides in, the, the president of, of USC, Carol Folt, um, told the group that she didn't understand why the Pac-12 would expand and expressed surprise they were even talking about it, and that that ended that discussion. So anyway, so there's, and that, that obviously became a, a big factor. And then, then they discussed a year later when the PAC 12 was caught off guard of USC and UCLA leaving for, um, leaving for the PAC 12. So the, the, the problem is that the PAC 12 thought they were worth more than what they thought. And apparently they had a professor uh, at one of the schools who came up with a um, a valuation <laughs> for each team what yeah, they were worth what they were worth mm-hmm. right and that based on their market value should get 50 million dollars but uh, Kliakoff didn't push back on the presidents when he said hey we got 30 million here and uh, we should we should take this and run and then then things just started going downhill um, when he was running out of time and and they knew that Colorado was going to leave. Once Colorado left, I mean, it was. I mean, the writing was on the wall. And then, then, then Oregon um, deciding to uh, to leave to go, and then Washington followed, and that was it was. And the there, but apparently there was some discussion with NBC and Peacock about doing some, at least with NBC on the NBC side, doing some linear TV. But once they found out that you know Colorado was leaving, then that that ended that. And uh, then the football coaches uh, were like, "Hey, so it was Colorado that killed the Pac-12." Well, well it, was, it was. So we get to take some credit then because yeah. we stole Colorado. Yeah, well, is that 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 certainly put some nails in the in the old coffin. Um, 
when Colorado didn't wait um, for Kliakov in you know back on July the twenty sixth, uh, and then after that negotiations broke down with NBC and Amazon, and the linear package was was dead. And so then when they did the Apple thing, it was easy to shoot holes in it. And while it may have been actually worth more than what they were considering, it might have been actually been a good deal. Um, the fact that they weren't going to be able to tell their recruits, the football coaches, uh, that they would get to showcase their talent on the networks, uh, then and it, was, it was over at that point in time. Uh, but apparently, according to this article, Phil Knight loved it. The, okay. and, and he was... He was a he was a big he was a big factor, and then all of a sudden, uh, Washington informed the Big Twelve they were leaving, Pac twelve they were leaving for the Big Ten, and uh, the fact that they weren't going to be on linear TV was a, a basically a no go for yeah. the Washington football coach. So, and then the Ducks left right after that. So, there you go. So it's it's. I would have hoped that we would have been the same way in that situation. Yeah, I would have thought. Yeah. I would have. I would have. I would have thought so. I would have thought so. Um, somebody says this. That's pretty sad. The USC president stops talking about expanding and then jumps ship a couple of years later. Yeah, and there, there yeah. wasn't any discussion that she already knew what they were going to do, and that's why. So it feels like that if you want one, if the Pac-12 wants to point the finger at one event, one event, or or just one <laughs> group, mm-hmm. it's USC. Again, because they were the ones yeah. that were stopping taking some of the Big 12 teams when the Big 12 looked weak, adding to the Big 12. They didn't want to do that. Didn't feel like those teams were worthy. And then a couple of years later, they're the ones that start the whole bailing on the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So you stopped them from growth, stopped them from putting away competition, a.k.a. the Big 12. And then you ultimately started the breakup and that led to the big 12 gaining ground taking from you and ultimately the pac 12 falling apart the uh the, and the 50 million dollar deal well this was after usc and ucla left so that's where they i mean they're they, and the espn just said okay well whatever see ya <laughs> so, like, I mean, sure thing pal no right uh no yeah no all right boss yeah yeah we'll get back to you boss <laughs> right. all those all those things bud uh all, all those things yeah no, tell no, your no. tell your professor to again know. it's some egghead who's never you know <laughs> dealt with business before that put away his pocket protector it's probably this come back to reality it's probably the same guy that told the city of los angeles that the um, olympic games would be the economic impact you know they always tell you this the economic impact of this is 12 billion dollars but then you really but then afterwards it, it, it always yeah, but that's everywhere that's yes, not just yes. no LA. It, what i was gonna say is it always happens you know ahead of the big event where they've spent money for the olympics or the nfl draft or you know ncaa champ, whatever the economic impact in our economy will be 15 billion dollars we'll have more news after this and then and then <laughs> and then three days later okay three days later you've got some you know reporter out there in the field going 
we're out here at the at the NFL draft, and we're talking with our local food vendors who really thought they were going to really have a big jump, in, and their their sales have actually plummeted. So the impact of the NFL draft or anything along those lines, the Olympic Games, has actually been a negative on our economy. Wow. Is Back that what to you. Happened? Is Back that, to you, Joe. Is that what happened to KC? Did yeah, it not go well? Well, for some, for the no, I mean they had these great big crowds, but they had these, you know, these people that had sponsored it or had, you know, in that in that area around Union Station that thought that they were going to reap big benefit and uh, surprise, people were going there for the NFL draft and the party, not to shop at your belt store or, or something along those lines. And the and then the the food vendors didn't really reap the benefit of what they kind of thought, and it's like that at all those big events where you know the city's like we're going to send seventy two million dollars to uh, upgrade the infrastructure here. More news after this, Chet. You know, Chet. You know, it, it it happens every. You can just predict it, and then oh, and there's man. always you know Sunny Sally that does the follow up report. You know, back to you, John. It, Sally's out uh, talking with local vendors about how it went. Sally, how did it go? Not so good, John. <laughs> I think one of the uh, most entertaining but also sad and eerie things mm-hmm. is whenever you see, you know, whenever it comes across your social media feed where you can, like, abandon Olympic venues. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, and you see these beautiful facilities sure. that were built for the Olympics, and mm-hmm. now they're not in use, and there's weeds growing through right. them and all oh, that. It just sickens it's me. Like, it's so incredibly eerie. I mean, it looks like a place where a horror movie should be filmed now. And you think, man, how much money and how much excitement was in that place and world records. And yeah, I mean, right. people were crowned mm-hmm. gold medalists. It was the, I mean, the biggest moment of their life. Now it's got weeds growing through it. Algae it's in the pool, you know, sad. and stuff it's like so that. It's so sad. It is. It is. But it's also really cool looking. <laughs> you got these jungles that have taken over the stadiums where um, the World Cups have been played, yeah. you know, in Rio. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. This day in sports history, today is August the 18th, 2023. <laughs> I got, got a little ahead of myself here. Is, uh, excuse me, August the 17th, 2023. Here is Jeff McGuire with a stay in sports history. Uh, speaking of dates, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. Uh, someone on. You have one tonight? No, no, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's not be silly. Um, <laughs> someone. Uh, Why not? Why not? It could be a, it's a goal, right? Maybe. I don't know. It's about to be football season. <laughs> I barely have time for my dog. Yeah. So. And he sleeps all day. Make time for the dog, okay? <laughs> Just saying. Let's know if we need to change the schedule. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of dates, someone on Facebook sent us a med- message, Chuck, specifically for you, and I was going to bring it up here. Okay. Uh, you know what the last day of the year is, don't you? 123123. One, two, one, two, three. Yeah. Three. Like one. How it's going to roll. Right. Take a look at it. Like, it's right up your alley for one, two, three, one, two, three. Right, yeah. Oh, goodness. It yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. That's spectacular. And you now have four months to forget it. Uh, 1933, yeah. Major mm-hmm. League Baseball players Lou Gehrig records his 1,308th consecutive game. Mm. 1966, Willie Mays takes second place on the all-time home run list. 
Seven years later, he would hit number 660 and his final home run. Hmm. 1984, Pete Rose returns to Cincinnati as the a Reds player manager and got two hits in the ball game. No word on what his bet was in the book, in the box. <laughs> 1989, Baltimore Orioles shortstop Cal Ripken plays in his 1,208th consecutive game, mm -hmm. moves into third place all time behind Yankees Lou Gehrig and Boston Red Sox slash New York Yankee Everett Scott. And in 2004, we talk a lot about uh, gold medal winners and medal winners in the Olympics, but four years after winning an Olympic silver medal in rowing, uh, in the rowing quad skulls in Athens, uh, Britain Rebecca Romero becomes only the second woman to earn a medal in two different sports at the Summer Games when she wins the purest track cycling gold in Be in Beijing. Hmm. So rowing in one, cycling in the other. I love wow. that. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It is National Vanilla Custard Day. Um, think I'm out. I don't think I've ever had custard. I, I've had custard. Is that just wannabe ice cream? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe I have. Thing. Okay, maybe I have. But I, it does not sound good to me at all. I uh, missed a big birthday yesterday. Did you? Going to make up for it today. Happy belated birthday to the voice of the Dallas Cowboys, Brad Sham. Brad 74 Shamp. yesterday. 74. Then it still sounds like a million bucks. No argument. That's why I missed it yesterday, making up for it today. Uh, happy birthday today to former Red Raider basketball player Robert Lewandowski. Turns 34. Mm. Robert Lewandowski. I, mm. Man alive. He, he endured. <laughs> he endured here. <laughs> went through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro is 80. Donnie Wahlberg, 54. Sean Penn, 63. Belinda Carlisle, 65. Jorge Posada, 52. And Christian Leitner is 54. Mm. And on this day in 1962, two young men from East Berlin attempt to scramble to freedom across the wall, uh, separating East and West Berlin. One was successful in climbing the last barbed wire fence and through some suffering and numerous cuts made it safely to West Berlin. While horrified West German guards watched, a second young man was shot by machine guns on the East Berlin side. He fell but managed to stand up again, reaching the wall and began to climb over. More shots rang out. The young man was hit in the back, screamed and fell backwards off the wall. For nearly an hour, he lay bleeding to death and crying for help. West German guards threw bandages to the man, and an angry crowd of West Berlin citizens screamed at the East German security men, who seemed content to let the young man die. He finally did die, and East German guards uh, scurried to where he laid and removed the body. During the history of the Berlin Wall from 1961 to 1989, nearly 80 people were killed trying to cross from East to West Berlin. East German officials always claim that the wall was erected to protect the communist regime from the uh, the Western capitalist culture. In the nearly 30 years that the wall existed, however, no one was ever shot trying to enter East Berlin. Mm. And that's this day in sports history. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. <laughs> 6.50 this morning Man. here on the morning drive. Well, that was sobering. Nice. 
Yeah. yeah. This was this was eerie yesterday. Um, it's very eerie. So um, was it a canal? No, it was not. It was not a canal. It was not the Panama, which we discussed, I believe, you know, this week, uh, the other day. I think I've told you before, we always went on school trips to the Erie Canal. Oh, man, I would have loved to have seen the <laughs> Erie Canal. I think that was, uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. You know, still could. Still could, right? Still available. Still yeah. You know. Still there. <laughs> Huck Finn is, as far as I know, not there anymore, but. Okay. <laughs> He's not there. No, it's like, so yesterday I, I picked up some uh, tickets from the Lubbock Symphony. They've got a uh, Aretha Franklin tribute that's coming up in September. And... Um, I was trying to, it was, it was wobbling around in my mind. I'm like, is Aretha Franklin still? I was like, is it Aretha Franklin coming or is it a tribute that, that's being done? And so, didn't, didn't you know if you're buying the tickets? I wasn't buying them. I was, we're going to give them away on the, on the Eagle. So okay. I just, it was, an, it, it was okay. stationed, it was positioned as an Aretha Franklin tribute. So that would make sense that it would, it would not be her. Otherwise, they would say mm-hmm. live in concert, Aretha Franklin. I'm like, right. so I Googled her as I was walking in the door at the symphony yesterday. And yesterday was the five-year anniversary of her death. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of eerie. That is. <laughs> you know, that's kind of eerie. That is. You know, because it's like, oh, not only not only is she dead, she was dead on this day, you know, in 2018. So uh, there you go. Uh, how about this from King Craig? My great aunt escaped from East Germany and became a war bride. Wow. Uh, Red Raider Two Guns. My dad was stationed in Berlin, and I was there when the wall came down, and he got several pieces of the wall. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, Scott in Houston, listening on the Double T ninety seven three mobile app this morning, courtesy of Happy State Bank, says this: Congratulations to the Whammer. That's John McMillan, who turned down a seven hundred thousand dollars signing bonus from Tampa Bay to attend Texas Tech. And then he goes on to list the stats, which we have talked about this year including 91 Ks and 51 in the third innings. Had he been called up last weekend, he could have possibly once again faced Luke and Baker, now a Cardinal. I will never forget his freshman home run at UT, Scott, in Houston. John was flexing, going around the bases. Was he doing a little Patrick Mahomes, or is that really before Mahomes did that? Uh, I don't think he was doing Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes is not the first person no, a, you, in America no, to flex. We all think the world started no when Patrick Mahomes I, I, got I, to the Chiefs. I, know. Okay. I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger was impersonating <laughs> I, him. I, I, I know I know that. I just was just was curious. Yeah, yeah this is curious. Just curious. Uh, yeah, so congratulations to uh, to Johnny Johnny Mac. Did, did Haxton come up with the Whammer uh, nickname for him, or did he already have that? I'm not. I'm not certain. I don't think so, but I don't really know. Okay, I was thinking. I was there's a part of me that thinks that he did. That came up with the Whammer, but I'm not. I'm not certain. I'm not. I'm not certain about that. I, I can remember John's brother walking around with a <laughs> tech jersey though that said Whammer on the back. I thought okay. that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Yeah, he was man when he was. Swinging it well, boy, that was a hundred mile an hour fastball is entertaining. But when he hit it over the scoreboard, <laughs> that, that was entertaining. You know, and I, I and you I don't were, know throwing a strike at a hundred miles an hour from second was impressive too. I heard Mike Gustafson say yesterday that that was the first that McMillan was the first guy that he saw 
throw a 100-mile-an-hour pitch uh, that was registered on the uh, Coke bottle there at, at Rip Griffin Park. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we've seen anybody else. I think John Gray, who pitches for the Rangers now, was up there against the Red Raiders, but from my recollection, he the Red Raiders faced him in Norman, not here in Lubbock when he was there. Yeah. But yeah, hitting 100 is pretty impressive, but man, he can hit the ball a long way. Majestic shots. So much fun. This uh, Big John song, do you know who sings it? <clears throat> I don't, but he switched to this after his grandfather passed away as his walk-up music because that's his grandfather called John, Big John. Big John. Yeah. Big John, Sausage King, sung by Jimmy Dean. Plainview, Texas, America. This is America. Jimmy Dean singing? Yeah, this is Jimmy Dean singing Big Bad John. No. Yeah. Could he bring me some breakfast? Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Be more impressed Jimmy if he Dean. Did. Jimmy Dean. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. On the Morning Drive. Good morning with Jamie Linton and Jeff McGuire. This, this may make you laugh or chuckle or just shake your head, roll your eyes. So when I was over at the Tech Rodeo Complex on Monday, uh, I'd finished my I'd finished my business over there and and there was this guy, he was riding a horse. Imagine that. He's at the rodeo complex, mm-hmm. and he was riding a horse. And he was uh, riding on the side of the road and going to go off in the field. And then, you know, like in the movies when the cowboy is riding off, you know, and he's got to hold on to his hat, you know, because the wind's going to catch it. And he doesn't want to lose his hat while he's riding his horse because mm-hmm. he didn't have to chase it down. They had to do something with the horse. And he was, he was just like the movies. This guy was holding on to his hat, you know, had his hat had kind of turned to the right a little bit. I was like, man, that's just like in the movies right there. And this guy's holding on, holding his hat, you know, like, like that. <laughs> just like on Gunsmoke or something like that, you know. <laughs> so they really do that in real life, too. They do that in real life, too. I thought it was, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool, you know. I was like, oh, look at that, man, just... Just like you see on TV, right there, right there in front of me. <laughs> right there. Did he yell "yeehaw" or anything? Uh, I don't know. I had my had my windows up. I was listening to uh, I was listening to Dickens and uh, and Gus at that point in time. So they were. There's a couple of cowboys right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Josh Bookbinder is the linebackers coach for the Texas Tech Red Raider football team, and uh, he met with the media yesterday. Those that were present. And uh, he was asked for his takeaway about the linebackers after the scrimmage this past Saturday. Yeah, I mean, really excited about the young guys we have. Uh, I think the ceiling is the limit for a lot of those guys. Um, it's good that Dingo is here in the spring, get a semester under his belt uh, before we start fall camp. Justin Horn is a guy who got here uh, this summer. Um, and so John Curry as well got here this summer. Three freshmen are really excited about. Uh, they've gone all in and, and did, doing everything we asked feel like that we're going to be young at linebacker um yeah it, I, I probably i don't know if i'm going to go young but i would definitely say less experienced okay. there's probably some guys that have, have mm-hmm. sat behind that are have waited their turn well and, and two guys that that uh, were there last year and uh, coach bookbinder talked about these two uh, Jacob Rodriguez and Josiah Pierre. 
Yeah, I mean, both those guys uh, have played significant snaps of football for us, so having two guys out there that have been in the fire uh, is important for my room. Um, guys that have taken reps, uh, those guys have, have run with the, the defense and you know, really uh, taken a leadership role, so excited about both of them. You know, Josiah Pierre is a senior this year. He's 6'2", he's uh, 240, and uh, so like, uh, like Coach Bookbinder said there, he's taken significant snaps. Um, he was in all 13 games last year, started 10, 40 tackles, 24 solos, 7 for a loss, 4.5 sacks, had a pass breakup, a forced fumble, and three quarterback hurries. Nice. You want to see more of that, Yes, right? yes. You know, um, had a tackle in 11 of 13 games, multiple stops, in uh, 10 of those contests, eighth on the team in total tackles, second on the uh, in the outside linebacker room, trailing only Tyree Wilson. Wilson was fourth overall for tackles uh, for loss and third for sacks on the team. Remember, he missed he missed four games. Yeah, yeah, pretty good so, player. Hey, can I take a 30? Sure. Jeff, is there any chance that you could play the first bite again, like the first 10 seconds or so? Yeah. yeah, I mean, really excited about the young guys we have. Uh, I think the ceiling is the limit for a lot of those guys. Um, it's good that Dingo is here in the spring. Get a semester. Yeah, Can see, we all just agree to just stop using that saying? Because <laughs> it's apparently a struggle for all of us, and I, I'm, I'll put myself in that category. Ceiling is the limit. The ceiling is the I mean, I think the it's sky, not. I think it's, it's the it's, sky is the limit, right? Yeah, sky's the limit. Yeah, sky's yeah. the limit. Yeah. Because Jordan yeah. said ceiling is the roof. <laughs> Can we just, let's just, Stop. Let's just do away with yeah, that saying, You know, okay? he's probably got that's not used to being interviewed too much and just yeah. was I, I when he said it it took me 30 seconds like is that how you say it is that right I, so i don't get i i'm not good at it either so i'm just being interviewed you, no like whatever that <laughs> saying is say my if God, you would ask you? me what's the what's the saying oh, i we, wouldn't have been able to tell you we, you know what you probably would have said you probably would have said isn't it like ceiling is the roof but that's really not no, it. no that's <laughs> just mj yeah. yeah it's just mj yeah sky's the limit sky is the limit sky's that's the, limit. the thing yeah. sky's the limit yeah isn't it the ceiling is the floor yeah where the lowest that we're going to be is the top of the building kind of thing for the ceiling is the floor is how that one goes yeah I for the one that's ceiling i think that's how that is sounds familiar jeff I have no idea. Yeah, Michael Jordan ruined that for all of us. He did. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Okay. Okay. 30 seconds over. Back from a commercial break. Yeah, here Um, we go. Yeah, here we go. Jacob Rodriguez, here's the numbers on him. 6'1", 235. He's a junior. Uh, He's from Wichita Falls, played at Ryder. So last year, he was in 12 of 13 games, 29 tackles, 17 solo, three that went for a loss. Um, A lot on passing downs. Uh, Got to the backfield, three quarterback hurries, forced fumble. Had a tackle on at least 11 of 12 games played and multiple stops in eight of those. Credited with playing in 153 defensive snaps and 158 on special teams. Sixth on the team for total special teams snaps. Saw action on nearly all of Texas Tech's special teams units. So, I mean, there, again, another experienced guy there. Both those guys, uh, Rodriguez and um, Pierre. So, you know, those are... Certainly, two guys that uh, that you want to be, you know, looking out for uh, this coming year. But probably, probably, I guess if you had to say, and you know, the next time that um, Coach DeRuiter is available, um, which is I think later this week, um, I'll try to get a, I'll try to get over there and ask that question about linebackers and kind of what his thoughts are and kind of where. Where they need to where they need to improve. Wesley uh, 
Smith is a sophomore. They they talked with him and talked about him uh, quite a bit. He's 5'10", 220, Midland Legacy. So he was at uh, Lee, right? Midland Lee? No. I think they just said Legacy. Legacy. But, I mean, everybody else, because well, you, you have to think. Well, now, at this, at this point, I think yeah. it's just. I think you still have to think. What is that? Yeah, Why would we start that now? I don't know. We've done a and really wh- good career of not having to think on this show. Okay. And, and why would you? Right. Why would you need to think? I, it's it says right there on on your phone. Right, legacy. Mid, Midland Legacy. Right. But I so mean, just be done. You're it's Midland figure, Legacy. Okay. Which which one is that? Is, oh, is, really? <laughs> or do you just want to make a point about being frustrated about the Midland Legacy? I don't know. It's just. It, I just was he just to wants help. to make a point it's about just being Midland frustrated. Legacy. I was just trying to. I was just trying to. <laughs> Ruffle some feathers, maybe. <laughs> Whether he's right or wrong, he just wants to make just a move joke. on from it. Okay, it's legacy okay. now. Uh, so Wesley Smith, uh, seven games, all on special teams, forty-eight snaps. So clearly a guy. Um, last year, I mean, he was a freshman. He got yeah. his feet wet. Okay, mm-hmm. but he was one of the top players in the Permian Basin his last two years. Helped Jamie Midland Legacy to the 6A Division One area round as a junior and senior. District 2 6A defensive MVP each of his final two years after racking up 252 tackles and 30 for a loss during those two years. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and has yep. has some skins on the wall. Yeah, and just another, another young guy, like you said. We're going to mm-hmm. be young. And, and then I, just a guy that's been here, just hasn't had a lot of reps. So not a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and a couple of these guys you've mentioned, a lot of reps on special teams, but just not straight up on defense. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, you've got you've got you know young guys uh, or guys that you just go that I wouldn't say are quote household names, right? I mean, yeah, that, but that's that's fair, right? Yeah, but we've had other guys like that. Sure, that sure. Haven't been, and all of a sudden you're like, "Wow, where sure. did that guy come from?" You're you're allowed to improve, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're allowed to just keep getting better. Keep when, getting better, when right? You're, when you're even if you're not one of the starters. Mm-hmm. But I mean, man, just just looking just looking at this list here. I mean, you've got freshmen. You do have a super senior uh, in Matthew Young, and I I like that. Uh, I like that people have that are non-student um, athletes who are taking an extra year have identified themselves as super seniors. Like those guys that didn't have the best freshman year or the maybe the best oh, sophomore the, year. So that's they're, the thing now. They're, they're, they're calling themselves super seniors, right? I'm a super senior. What, what's your, how do you classify the Texas Tech? I'm a super senior. Well, uh, translation. I mean, you could use year. that for yourself too, Chuck. Super senior? No, I'm only 62. That's not senior? Eh, getting there. I mean, okay. there's some things you qualify on Super that. Super junior. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, one one guy that's looking to have a better year, Matthew Young. I mean, he missed all of last year because of an injury. Uh, recovered late in the year. Uh, he was returning after getting a medical red shirt. So, you know, you hope that he can stay healthy and make a uh, contribution. Uh, came to Texas Tech after four years at New Mexico State. All right. 725. Jamie has his question of the day. It's always, why am I here? Don't so, sound so disappointed. No, I'm excited I'm, to hear what he's got today. No, I, we no, had a great I, conversation I, yesterday. I, we did. You're exactly, you're exactly right. I am always always feel for Jamie because his question, his number one question is, why am I here? One, you're required and we pay you to be here. Oh. And then two, we hope that you have a good one. 
The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, so I don't know if this today is a positive question. I don't, I don't know if it is or not. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're, I mean, if you're questioning it, it kind of makes me wonder how... It, if it if it is, I think there's one obvious answer, but okay, um, I'm sure we'll miss it. But I'd like for you guys to give me more. Okay, I'll give you more. Okay, so everybody I want wants you to me, give tell me, more. me. Clint asked a question to me the other day about what team or it could even be people mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve Conference have the most pressure on them this year. Okay, could be a team, could be a coach, could be a player. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you what players. So you can give me two or three. What players? On the Red Raider football team. Oh, okay, thank the, you. Who has the most pressure on them? Hmm. Or is there nobody? Well, nobody's been – there's there's no – doesn't feel – excuse me, doesn't feel like there's any applied pressure on anybody because you're coming off a year where you had, you know – a, a I'd say a, a more than decent season. Obviously, you beat Texas and Oklahoma, and anybody's booked. That's a great season. Plus, you won your bowl game. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe there's pressure on. Uh, I'm sure there's a, a internal think- pressure on the offensive line. You know, like a guy like Rusty Stats or Cole Spencer. You know, where they know that they have to perform uh, in order for Shuck to be able to do what he wants to do. I think there's probably some applied pressure internally on Miles Price because. He didn't have necessarily the year that he wanted to have a year ago. Okay, um, there's probably some um, internal pressure on on a guy like uh, Tony Bradford, who um, you know could have walked out of here on a real high and gone on to his you know future life, but you know wants wants to really kind of go for the gusto and and go out with a big bang. So I'm sure that I'm sure all these guys have put some kind of applied pressure, but I. There's no, there's no like, oh man, he's got to perform, or the coach is going to get fired. Oh man, he's, you know, we need. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some on Gino Garcia too for the the kicker. Okay, there's so. some good answers there. Uh, Miles Price was the very first name I thought of when uh, you asked the question for guys that there's pressure on because a lot has been expected from him in his time here, and he's shown some flashes of it, but hasn't lived up to that kind of idea Tyler Shuck is probably the number one answer for this I, I, I can't believe that wasn't the first one um to be, me that's that's there's that's where but that's always the case the starting quarterback there's always more pressure but, on. but it's this a, is a different case though because he hasn't been able to stay healthy yeah and, that's fair well yes he has won every uh he has won the te- Texas deck has won every game he started or whatever the stat is almost every um game. but eight and one he has not finished a season and he there is still the expectation that he had when he got here that he hasn't lived up to yet either, partially because he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he he needs to stay healthy for a year. There's That's a lot of pressure for uh, your starting quarterback, and a lot is relying on him for that. Another couple guys I would put on this list would be Baylor Cup and Mason Tharp because those tight ends need to be more a part of this offense that you have expected some big things out of. Mm-hmm. And you got some good blocking schemes from them last year. Some of that was because of the offensive line, and some of that was because they weren't getting open in their routes. 
um, and, and being a part of the offense with the exception of just a couple of different games that it felt like last year. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some pressure on those guys. I don't want to say Taj because I feel like he has done everything you've asked him to do successfully, but it's a bigger role this year. And it would be hard not to say that there's some more pressure on him for that. Okay, so as much as I wreck my brain, I can't really come up with anybody on defense. I I really can't. I, I don't know why, but I can't. What um, about uh, Adrian Taylor Demerson? I don't, I don't know. You I mean, don't I, like I, it's not like there. I feel like there's crazy expectations for mm-hmm. him or whatever. I okay. mean, I think he's good. Mm-hmm. I think they have high expectations for him, but I don't think it's crazy. Okay. Um, I, I think Miles Price a little bit just because we all felt like he was going to be really good last year, and then uh, it was it – was, um, you know, the injuries just slowed him down, and he just never got into the flow. Mm-hmm. I think Baylor Cup's a good answer because he came with such high regard. And you're like, man, this guy's going to kill it in our offense. He's going to give us, a, you know, a weapon that we just haven't had at the tight end position. I, Mason Tharp, maybe. I, I just have, me personally, I've always had higher expectations for Cup than Tharp. Okay? Um, well, and, I, I, think, I think I've always had... The other, yeah, you're you're attracted to the shiny object. That's the height. The, the I mean, I think I he could be it's, a, it's different. He could be so a big, big entertaining, yeah. big dude. It could yeah. be a big factor for you. Um, I think there is some montage Brooks, and I think it's because he's so needed. Like he may be the one guy that the, the or a one of the guys that you can the least afford to lose. Just because you expect him to be the featured back, and mm-hmm. although there's some young talent behind him, it's just not really proven young. Talent. Sure. So, I, and with I, the Nehemiah Martinez issue with his face, you know. But he's a receiver. Well, I guess it's. I mean, he kind of runs the ball every once in a while. Well, he'll run like a yeah. jet sweep or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so I think Tyler Shuck does have pressure on him. I think Tyler Shuck has pressure on him because I mean Jeff throws out the stat eight and one as a starter. But we all know, compared to Donovan McBaron last year, he played the lesser defenses, okay? Ole Miss was phenomenal. He was terrific. And it's just like, I mean, he was so good. And obviously that's a good defense, an SEC team and all that. And so we just want to see him stay healthy and do that for a longer period of time. I think there's pressure because I think – there's, uh, I mean, everybody knows you have a really good backup right behind you that played really well last year and everybody's a fan of. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Baron Morton. So I think that adds pressure. Probably feels that a little bit. Yeah. I think there's also the fact that we've heard, and I think it's fair, hey, this dude has NFL talent. Okay. This guy could be a, a you know a high draft pick. I think we would all agree with that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's Keep pressure on him to sure. show that. To show that. Show that he's worth that, you know? Right, mm-hmm. right. Although you keep telling us he has another year of eligibility. He does. he could come back again. He does. I mean, some sort of grandfather clause, literal grandfather clause. Um, I, think he'd have to, I think he'd have to apply for it, but I think it's conceivable that he yeah. could have another year. Yeah. So I, I feel like Tyler has a decent amount of pressure on, on him as well. But like you said earlier, it, the quarterback position is always going to have pressure. Yeah. Right, but I think there's other circumstances of why Shuck has a little bit more, and part of that's Baron Morton, part of that is 
NFL draft related. Hey, you've got the measurables. Show us consistency against good teams and that you can stay healthy. All of those things. Okay. So I, I think that puts a little pressure on him. So I, uh, it's funny. I really couldn't find anybody on defense, but I had three or four guys on offense that kind of jumped out at me. Yates for center chat line. Uh, Shuck, 100%. I feel like the uh, then from somebody else. I feel like the obvious answer is Shuck, but it's not really that much because we know Morton is more than capable. Uh, this, but I, but I think that puts pressure on him. Sure, yeah, because it, mm-hmm. he knows there's a really good guy right behind him. Yeah, a really hey, good player. Missed up here, and I'm out. Uh, today, Chuck was asked one question and gave about eight answers. Okay, uh, this from Andrew. I imagine Jeff thinking, "I hope Chuck doesn't take my answer, only for Chuck to take all the answers." <laughs> There have but, been days, but in, that wasn't today. In fairness, we all gave multiple answers. Yeah. And I said uh, yeah. a few guys. <laughs> uh, South Texas Ambassador Preston says this. Saw Miles talking and getting interviewed. He looked healthy and looked like he's put on at least 10 pounds of muscle. I look to him to step up his game now that he's healthy. Yeah, okay. And it's just like any other thing. I mean, the pressure comes from the guys that you have high expectations mm-hmm. for, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. is putting pressure on our third string Safety. Right. Right. We don't even know who he is. You know, really, really the pressure's got to be on the guy that's opening the door so the opposing team can can uh, run out at halftime to get dressed in the trailers out uh, there over on the east side. Get through the tailgaters who are try, trying to hand them. That's going to be interesting. You know, Cokes and burgers and hot dogs. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I did think it was interesting, Rust. though, that Chuck initially started with, I don't know that anybody has any pressure, and then Liz has the, half the roster. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I feel the pressure to come up with an entertaining question for you every day, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I the, feel the pressure. I understand. It's intense, It's a, it's man. a heavy load, man. It really is. Yeah. It's a heavy load. Mm-hmm. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you from the First United Bank studio. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. <clears throat> Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app for that and uh, the Visual Edge IT hotline. We're about to have a little throwdown in this building. And I need to know if you guys are going to join me on this or not. I think McGuire will. I'm not. I think you will just yeah, because is, you'll be a good teammate. This is clearly again, about coffee. It is again, again this morning. Yesterday I made two pots. I got a half a cup out of the whole thing. This morning I go in there just now. I go in to get a cup of coffee, and not only is there no coffee in there, the grinds were thrown away. So whoever got the last cup had the tenacity the ability the foresight to throw away the the grinds but not not replace it and just take it and move on i know who it is it's those guys on 93.7 the eagle that's who it is um chuck when when i make coffee in the morning Mm -hmm. when i move the pot over Mm -hmm. i throw away the grinds every time Uh, i know but i mean okay so so, the grinds being that could be the pot i made at six o'clock okay well i'm just saying this those two guys over there that are you know doing their thing I wanted to jump on the back of one of them as I was walking by the door because it was open. Well, he's and really wondered, tall. So I know he's careful. big. He's big. Yeah, I'll fight to the death, and he'll quit long before then. <laughs> Highly irritating. Highly irritating. <laughs> I mean, if you take the last cup, and I know it wasn't McGuire, and I know it wasn't Cheese Mosa from Magic, because both of those two fine folks are, sure good, are good coffee etiquettes. Edi- edi- I also haven't left this room since we got right. here at six. Are you sure it wasn't Chunky Choice? 
He doesn't drink coffee, I don't think. He no. drinks the frou-frou coffee. Frou-frou he, drinks, coffee. he drinks the frozen coffee. <laughs> he doesn't drink real man coffee. <laughs> he anyway. feels like um, bulk, what'd you call him? He's got a little bulk to him. He's he feels little... like it's an upgrade. So he feels like yeah. he's trending in the right direction with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's a little irritating. If one fights over the coffee, we all fight for it. You're coffee. exactly that's right, right, Dexter. That's right. Yep. That's right. One fights, we all fight. So at some point in the middle of this thing. I'm going to take that coffee thing, thing out of some there. point in the middle of this thing. I, yeah, I can't. I don't like the coffee pot because people put the creamers and whatever you yeah. people put in it, sugar and all that, mm-hmm. and leave it in front of the microwave. Oh. It has a specific I, I, spot. And I, so I, I every time I need to use the microwave... Yeah. I got to move it. I don't do that. Okay. I'm very. Which drives me nuts. And I, the other thing that I've tried to okay. be very good on here lately. So if we just did away with coffee, I'd be great with it. So in the middle of this fight we're going to have, <laughs> at some point you're going to hear me just go, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? What are we doing? What are we fighting for? I I uh, I also have done a better job of not leaving the microwave with six seconds left on it because it irritates you and it irritates the lucky lady as well. I still don't understand why that why that isn't an automatic that you cleared the microwave. I don't know. And I think I have why always. Why do you stop it with six seconds? I just sometimes. <laughs> sometimes just Unless, like I stop it early at, at, at my house because I want to warm something up for forty five seconds, but I'll push one and it gives me me a minute. Choices. But when I'm done, at, like at fifteen or fourteen, whenever I stop it, mm-hmm. I hit yeah. stop. There's times the where I'll stop it early because I don't want it to go if the p- people in my house are sleeping. Mm-hmm. So I don't want it to go beep, 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 right, beep, right, beep right, whatever. Right, so yeah. I'll stop it early sure, right. and hit reset. So there's a couple beeps, but it's not right. as loud right. and as long. That and far as I'm concerned. Anyway. I just, I don't, my wife's the same way, kind of like Jeff is. She, she'll pick a longer thing, whatever, just because it's less buttons to push. And she'll stop it partway through. But I still clear it. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. We get this. Hey, Chuck, I'm on my way. There better be coffee. That from Dutch. Hey, Dutch, Dutch. made the coffee. <laughs> Dutch. <laughs> Dutch. Choice. I'm about to jump on Chuck's back now. I don't drink coffee at all. Is that <laughs> is it support or is that is he going to fight me? The <laughs> uh, D Rock says this. OMG, Chuck, you do that too. My wife leaves the microwave like that all the time, and it drives me bananas. Well, I mean, I, I guess the point of it, as small as it is, mm-hmm. the next person has to clean up after Man. your mess. I know, and I've, right? I, I've done a they better job. They got to reset. You said you, to you're, zero. Allowed to, you're allowed to improve. Yeah, I've that's improved good. on that. That's good. Okay? That's impressive. You're, yeah. uh, you're allowed to improve. I've, yeah. I've done that. See, see, sometimes I'm not being jerk, Jamie. Oh no, no, I know sometimes that. Sometimes I'm helping you. You're right. No, I feel. Yeah. I feel the help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, I mean, the people who care for you the most are the people that are honest with you. Yeah. I tell my children that all the time. Mm-hmm. Usually right after I criticize them for something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do it because the microwave has a clock on it that I would rather see the time than two seconds or yeah. five seconds or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm glad we got that all figured out. We're all better people for it. Yeah, I feel better. Mm-hmm. But see, I do want to go in there and clean their clocks. Like, come on, guys. Do you think you're not good? You, you're too good they for this? They stole the coffee and they have dirty clocks? Well, they, I mean, no, they didn't steal the coffee. They didn't make the coffee. <laughs> Bullfighter, should this go on the list? Um, you do what no. you want to do. No, this doesn't no. qualify. <laughs> no, I bet you there are a lot of businesses across our, our fine city that are, uh, <laughs> get frustrated with 
their teammates, quote unquote, their colleagues, their yeah, colleagues, colleagues, coworkers. Yeah. Here's the thing. I bet even Chuck though will agree with this. <laughs> Since the move, it's exponentially better. It is than it used because we got rid of the TV people. We got rid people. of the TV people, right? Yeah. There are people that the TV are, people. Oh, they don't have to redo the well, we, we, we got a, we got <laughs> breaking news. Does. We got breaking news. You know, <laughs> you know, stoplight that doesn't work. Uh, it just drives me nuts. I mean, we 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 talk more in a half hour than those guys talk in three. Yet, you know, they don't have time to make the coffee because they're out smoking their cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know we had to buy one of those things for them because they had their, they didn't have a place to put their butts? It's called an ashtray. Yeah. Like one of the tall ones? Yeah. yeah. That's super fun. Now this, I don't drink coffee, but I'm with Chuck. It's disrespectful and shows a lack of caring for your fellow man. Just yeah. shows how it's about an, it's an about me society, right? Man, that yeah. is the truth. There you go. That is the All truth. Right. I probably should stop before I start spending some. But of my what equity. I think you should do mm-hmm. is, um, spe- speaking of the Me Society, um, the next time um, you go and there is coffee mm-hmm. there, I would like you to tweet out, "Blessed and honored to have mm-hmm. received a cup of coffee this morning." Blessed and honored. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Hashtag. Everybody is important. Make sure you l- link them into it so everybody can see. That you got a cup of coffee. You know, what I should have done is t- taken a picture of it and put it on the old book face. You I'm should not, have I'm done not that. On, I'm not on X. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I should have done. That's okay. None Again. of us are on X. We're all on Twitter still. Okay. Is that how it works? All right. Uh, let's see. 8.09 this morning here on the morning drive. We did get a picture of Jamie the calf uh, this morning on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Jamie the calf trying to stay hydrated, anticipating 113 degrees today. Good God almighty. Is it really supposed to be that? Looks like Jamie the calf's ready to be a hamburger. That's what it looks like to me. And those temperatures (laughs) would be steak. You keep your buns away from Jamie the calf, all right? (laughs) I just wonder, I wonder, when does does Jamie become a ribeye? Jamie the calf become a ribeye or a, you know, a roast or something like that. You don't know? He's a good looking fella. I think he's going to become a pet. Do you? Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna ship him off to the butcher. Buy him, put him over at your father-in-law's place. He's gonna become a pet. A pet. <laughs> yeah, I could do that, and I could go visit him. Yeah. Oh, goodness, I'd bring the coffee pot in here, but out of respect to you, because I know you don't like the smell of it, Ugh. and I keep my coffee covered so that you don't have to smell it. See that you're so respectful. I do. I try to try to help out my teammate. Uh, This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.